the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As a church family, we've been studying through this Gospel of John. It was written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit uh, many, many decades after the writing of the other Gospels. And it contains an awful lot of information that's not found in the other Gospels. It's as though he was saying, "I, I know about the other Gospels. I've read them. Let me tell you a little more about Jesus. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely, and this is a broadcast called Study Verse by Verse, featuring the teaching of Senior Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. They're on the web at highlands.us, and I'm Mike Trout. We're returning after a number of months to a lengthy study in the book of John, and we'll be in the 11th chapter today. Pastor Leighton will be talking about the raising of Lazarus. This entire series can be found on that website, highlands.us. Just click on the Messages link there on the homepage. And now, here's Pastor Layton. And uh, this emphasizes a theme that is at the heart of this gospel. The theme is that just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, in the same way the Son also gives, gives life to those whom He wants to. And so the raising of Lazarus from the dead is a confirmation of Jesus' claim in verse 25 to be the resurrection and the life. And it is also in anticipation of what will take place on the last day when the dead in Christ will rise. Now, I'd like to read a little bit into it um, to focus our attention on the reason for this particular story being included. And it really goes beyond that. It begins with, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. And so the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, this is a theme that is most important through the Scriptures. In fact, it is a theme that is woven from Genesis to revelation. It has to do with the glory of God. Everything that God did was for His glory. The creation of the world was for His glory. The redemption of fallen sinners was for His glory. The judgment of unbelievers is for His glory. It's all for His glory. And His glory is revealed in a number of ways. One of them is in creation itself. Psalm 19 says, The heavens are telling the glory of God. Their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. Isaiah chapter 6 says, The whole earth is full of His glory. Romans chapter 1 says, The creation reveals His invisible attributes, His eternal power and divine nature. Everything that God has created gives Him glory, except fallen angels and fallen men. And some would argue that even they give Him glory when they come under His judgment. Now, God's glory is also seen in redemption. You see, he saved sinners to make known the riches of his glory. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4, Paul called the message of salvation the gospel of the glory of Christ. Uh, to the Ephesians, 
Uh, Paul wrote, God predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace. When salvation transforms believers, it is something that brings glory to God. Philippians chapter 1. But the greatest and the most complete manifestation of God's glory came in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. You remember how this gospel began? The Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Upon his first miracle, John wrote in this gospel, this beginning of the signs, the miracles Jesus did in Cana and manifested his glory. Now, throughout his ministry, for the most part, Jesus' glory was uh, veiled in a, in a human frame, but there was an incident that was shared with us in Matthew 17 where uh, Peter, James, and John accompanied Jesus onto a hill, and there he was transfigured before them. They had an opportunity to glimpse his glory. And then in this gospel, the fourth gospel, Jesus talks about his glory as being connected with the cross. And so does John. For instance, John says in 739 that the Spirit had not yet come because Jesus was not yet glorified. What that meant is Jesus hadn't yet gone to the cross to die and rise again from the dead. And then in the next chapter, chapter 12, when the Greeks come to him, Jesus says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And he's talking about going to Calvary's cross. John 12, 16, John says that the disciples remembered these things after Jesus had been glorified. And so time and time again here in the fourth gospel, it's clear that Jesus regarding the cross both as the supreme glory, is also a way to glory as well. And so he did say that curing Lazarus was going to contribute to that glory. And it did because him curing Lazarus of the disease called death inspired his enemies to resume and increase their plots against his life. Now, here in, in chapter 11, we have the most powerful, miraculous uh, event recorded for us so far in the Gospel of John, and it's the resurrection of Lazarus four days after he died. Now, the main purpose of this was not to restore Lazarus to life. In fact, Lazarus is dead again, but he's going to rise again on the last day. So it wasn't to raise him from the dead. It wasn't to comfort the sisters. The real reason was so that Jesus and the Father might be glorified. Uh, you say, it's, uh, Pastor, you're kind of harping on this a bit, aren't you? You're, you're, yeah, I am, because yeah, I really want to really encourage us to, to focus on God's glory. You see, we go through life and we have a tendency to just think about me and everything revolves around me and I am the center of the universe. And what can I do to improve my glory. And it's not about us. It's about God. And it's about bringing glory to Him. And if He allows something to happen in our lives, He does it for His glory. And so through the resurrection of Lazarus, Jesus and the Father would receive glory. 
Secondly, the disciples' faith would be strengthened. And, fi- and thirdly, the final straw was going to be dropped so that the enemies of Jesus resumed and increased their uh, efforts to get him killed. Now, let's look at the passage in greater detail. Verse 1. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brothers Lazarus was ill. And so the author begins the story by filling us in on the setting and the characters. And we're introduced to Lazarus, which is a short version of Eleazar, the name Eleazar. And the, word, the name Eleazar means God is my help or God has helped or helped by God, which is a really appropriate name for somebody who's dead because only God can help. They're beyond medical help, right? So um, it was not an uncommon name. In fact, Jesus told a parable where he talked about a Lazarus. But it wasn't this Lazarus. It was another Lazarus. So Lazarus was not an uncommon name. That's probably why the author spends a little extra effort uh, trying to describe which Lazarus he's talking about. He says that this Lazarus was from Bethany. Now, that can also be confusing because there's more than one Bethany in the Bible. There's a Bethany beyond the Jordan. That's where John the Baptist was doing his ministry. That's where Jesus and the disciples were ministering at this time. So there was Bethany beyond the Jordan, but there was another Bethany that was a little village about two miles outside of Jerusalem. And that was the Bethany in Judea. And that's the Bethany that's being talked about here. And just to further identify that village, he says it's the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Now, he assumes that who's going to be reading this uh, probably knows or has heard about these sisters. Remember that this gospel was written decades after the other gospels. And Mary and Martha are mentioned in the other gospels, uh, such as in Luke chapter 10. And then he goes on to describe that this was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. And that's a story he hasn't even told yet. He's going to tell it in the next chapter. So he wanted to make sure that we all knew we're talking about this particular Lazarus. Verse 3, So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, and so when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Now, the sisters are concerned for their brother's condition, and uh, they thought this might lead to death. It's very, it's very, he's very sick, and so he's, they sent message to Jesus saying, the, the one whom you love is sick. They didn't specify what the sickness was, but they sent to Jesus as an expression of faith because they knew that he would be willing uh, and desire to heal their brother and that he had the power to do so. They don't name him expressly. They, 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 they refer to him as the one you love. The word there is phileo. It refers to brotherly love, not agape, which refers to godly love. And so what the implication is, is that Jesus and Lazarus were brothers. They were friends which then underscores to us how much we don't know about Jesus' life. Uh, you know, they lived in uh, uh, the city of Bethany. It's about two miles from Jerusalem. Jesus did a lot of ministry in Jerusalem. There are some aspects of the stories that unfolds that suggest that they were probably wealthy. And, and it may have been that this was the home that provided the home base for Jesus and his disciples when they were ministering in Jerusalem. But we don't know that. But we, we know that the sisters referred to Lazarus as your brother, the one whom you love. 
Now, when the sisters send the information to Jesus, there's no specific request or timeline. They don't specifically ask him to come. They know that his coming would put him in peril because his enemies were looking out to see if they could kill him. So they don't specify any particular solution to the problem. They simply present the problem to Jesus. The one whom you love is ill. Well, I hope you can come back tomorrow at this same time because we'll pick up right there in the book of John, the 11th chapter. That's the teaching of Pastor Leighton Sheely. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. They're on the web at highlands.us. The entire series can be reviewed, downloaded, listened to again on the website, highlands.us. Just click on the messages link there on the homepage and search out the series on the book of John. Also, details about the service times, and there are multiple services across the weekend, can be found on that website. They start on Saturday night, go through Sunday morning, and continue Sunday evening. Once more, that's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for joining us today. Remember, we're a nonprofit outreach and do depend upon your prayers and your financial support. You can give safely when you go to that website. And come back tomorrow when we'll open the Word of God once again and study verse by verse.